0: Did you catch what the uh, director of the CDC said yesterday, Uh, Dr. Rochelle Walensky? That I pronounce it Dr. Rochelle Walensky. Uh, Talking about the uh, surge in uh, COVID cases we've seen in many states now, she talked about the recurring feeling I have of impending doom. (laughs) This is the director of the CDC. Talking about impending doom. It's the end of the world as we know it. I don't mean to make light of the concerns. I get it. You know, we're seeing uh, this new surge again of cases. And it is difficult. Being the director of the CDC cannot be an easy job. But it seems as though, it would seem as though using terminology like impending doom maybe overstating it just a just a tad we've gone from the uh previous administration underplaying the uh pandemic to the current administration seemingly overplaying the uh pandemic and i don't know that either is necessarily where we want to be impending doom well hopefully we'll make it at least till easter Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, another trend that has been accelerated by the pandemic. America is increasingly becoming a gig economy, which is presenting both financial opportunities and challenges. Also this morning, helping more than 7 million unbanked households in America get the most out of their economic stimulus checks. In our Everyday Agriculture segment, with apologies to Dr. Seuss, we have food safety advice about eggs and ham for your family's upcoming Easter celebration. And it's time to break out of hibernation and get outside again in the month of April when the Hancock Park District will tell you what's happening. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Tuesday, March 30th, 2021. today is grass the grass is always browner on the other side of the fence day you know that old saying the grass is always greener um today is the day of recognition that the grass is always browner on the other side of the fence day today also national doctors day big salute to uh, doctors especially over the course of the past year talk about a profession that has had a rough go of it of late uh, it's never easy to be a doctor. Really not easy during a pandemic, obviously. National National Virtual Vacation Day. Virtual Vacation. And I think we've had enough of that over the past year. What we need is National Real Vacation Day. But it is Virtual Vacation Day today. Take a walk in the park day today. And it is National Turkey Neck Soup Day. Now, doesn't that sound scrumptious? Anyway, so uh, this is the daily coronavirus story in the news. Uh, Some people are experiencing what's been dubbed COVID arm after receiving the COVID-19 vaccine. Officials at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention have long stipulated that arm pain, pain at the injection site, as well as swelling and redness, are expected side effects of any vaccine not just this one but any vaccine and that the symptoms are only temporary however some people are getting a more noticeable reaction at the injection site that is now being referred to as covid arm this usually refers to symptoms that occur long after your first shot in some cases up to a week afterwards a study in early 2020 looked at specifically the Moderna vaccine and uh, found some people experienced redness, swelling, tenderness, or even a skin rash eight days or more after getting the shot. Now, this report, I don't know, maybe this was a typo, but it says an early study in 2020 looked at all of these things. And that was before the vaccine was on the market, right? In early 2020. So... Apparently, they've been looking at this for quite some time, and it's only now becoming well-known by the public because people are experiencing this. Researchers found less than 1% of individuals who got the Moderna vaccine developed a raised itchy rash that may even appear as a lesion in some cases after getting the vaccine. The good news is that these are all considered harmless, and this is the reason to bring this up, is that. There's no reason to fear, they say brief they are brief responses uh to the injection and are not considered a severe reaction. Well you may not consider them a severe reaction. People who, who get them certainly uh are concerned. In any event, um if you experience COVID arm and you don't have any prior medical conditions that would prevent you from doing so, you should take ibuprofen or acetaminophen to lessen your arm pain so advil tylenol those kind of things antihistamines would reduce itchiness or discomfort related to any rash and they would be fine here they say you can also apply ice to your arm if it's swollen however you should never resort to taking antibiotics for swelling pain or rashes at the injection site so don't do that if you experience a high fever, body aches, and fatigue, along with COVID arm, they say speak with a healthcare provider immediately. Regardless, they say experiencing COVID arm should not discourage you from your uh, receiving your second dose of the vaccine. I have to say, my wife got uh, the Moderna vaccine. I'm getting uh, I'm getting mine on Wednesday tomorrow. I get my uh, vaccination. And I'll let you know, but uh, my wife—I don't know—I um, don't know for sure what vaccine I'm getting. But my wife got the Moderna, and she did have some some discomfort, but I don't recall a, a rash or anything like that. But uh, in any event, so there you go—the uh, story on COVID arm—that's so a thing. Now, so the ship in the Suez Canal has been freed finally. The And the full moon gets most of the credit. <laughs> the, the full moon gets uh, credit for helping free that giant container ship blocking the Suez Canal for nearly a week. Salvage crews took advantage of high tide to pull the ship from the sides of the canal yesterday. And it was quite the sight uh, because all of the ships that were backed up uh, started blowing their horns and... It was, it was like a traffic jam. They likened it to a traffic jam on the highway. It had all of these ships that were waiting and just couldn't get through. They finally, <laughs> they finally freed the ship thanks to the full moon. About 15% of the world's shipping traffic passes through the Suez Canal. Hundreds of ships have been waiting to get through. And now uh, they say even though the, the uh, canal is freed up, uh, they're moving ships through again. It's going to take quite a while, days, maybe even weeks, to get everything back to normal. Why? Because you have this tremendous backlog of all of the ships that were waiting to get through for several days, up to a week, and then you have all of the additional ships that will be showing up for the regular amount of traffic. So it's going to take a little while for all of this to uh, work itself out. But uh, things are back to normal The Suez Canal. I just thought it was kind of interesting, the uh, full moon getting the credit for that. Um, Did you hear the uh, story about Volkswagen? Volkswagen uh, accidentally, apparently, unveiled a new name for its U.S. operations. They are supposedly changing from Volkswagen of America to Volkswagen of America. Instead of V-O-L-K-S, V-O-L-T-S to represent their emphasis on producing more electric vehicles it'll be volkswagen of america and it says here in a a press release that was apparently accidentally leaked there was no official comment from the company and this press release that was i guess up on their website has since been taken down so apparently they didn't want this to get out quite yet but they say volkswagen will be the Uh, brand name on all electric models going forward and their gas vehicles will sport just the VW emblem, the familiar VW emblem in the circle, Uh, but no actual name. So Volkswagen. I don't know. That's. I mean, I guess it makes sense. uh, Kind of interesting. And how about this story? Talk about uh, stories most buzzworthy most interesting stories to get your day started news corp a company behind uh, fox news channel and uh, a number of british tabloids and uh, i think they own uh, some magazines in this company in this country too uh, anyway um or worldwide global tabloids that news corp owns now they are paying 349 million dollars to buy the publisher houghton mifflin harcourt books and its media division will now be a part of news corp among the titles that that publisher has the rights to are the lord of the rings trilogy uh, lord of the rings trilogy uh 1984 the george orwell novel, novel will be owned by news corp uh and george orwell's animal farm all the king's men by robert Penn warren uh, News Corp will gain rights to 7,000 titles in total, including several popular children's books like Curious George and the Polar Express. Now will be owned by News Corp. Kind of interesting stuff there. Again, some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Tuesday morning started.
1: WFIN News, I'm John Marshall. WTOL 11 first alert forecast. Sunny, breezy, and 70 today. Showers likely tonight with mostly cloudy skies and a low around 40. State health officials are releasing the latest COVID-19 numbers in Ohio. Nearly 1,500 new cases have been added to the statewide total, bringing it to over 1,013,100 The latest number of fatalities reported stands at more than 18,500. Everyone 16 and older is now eligible to receive the COVID-19 vaccine in Ohio as the state waits to receive 571,000 doses, its largest batch to date. An Upper Sandusky man died in a collision in that city on Saturday. The Marion Post of the Highway Patrol reports that Michael Baldridge Jr. died in a two vehicle crash just after 2 o'clock Saturday afternoon. Witnesses reported that Baldridge was westbound on Johnson Street when he failed to stop at a stop sign at South 8th Street. His vehicle was struck on the driver's side by a northbound minivan. Baldridge was partially ejected from his vehicle when it rolled over. He was taken to Wyandotte Memorial Hospital, where he was pronounced dead. Three individuals in the other vehicle were treated for minor injuries at the scene. The crash remains under investigation. A birdwatcher in Cleveland named Chuck Slazarski came across a decades-old seagull along Lake Erie. It's so old, it's a record-breaker, in fact. Carl Bachtel in Cleveland has the story.
0: Chuck found something uncommon on one of those common gulls. He saw the gull on the wall over there by the Coast Guard station. It had a metal leg band, meaning it's part of a research study. If he could read the numbers, Chuck could learn more about the bird. After five tries... He got them. The USGS confirmed the bird Chuck found
1: was banded in 1992 in Toronto, Canada, when it was just a chick.
2: This is the longest living ring-billed gull on record. I turned into a giant
1: goose bump. I was just <laughs> In Cleveland, Carl Bachtel. More news online anytime at WFIN.com. I'm John Marshall for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM.
0: Well, the number of Americans living paycheck to paycheck has always been high, but since the start of the pandemic, it is now fully two-thirds of the population that have no wiggle room in their finances. Adding to the problem is the fact that more than 7 million households are unbanked, and one-third of those have experienced job loss or, at a minimum, a significant loss of income. Craig Lewis is founder and CEO of GigWage, a uh, fintech startup focused on bringing better financial tools to the 65 to 75 million people in the gig workforce and craig here is another example of something that was around before the pandemic but has really exploded during it uh what can you tell us about the growth uh, of the gig workforce and do opportunities still exist in that sector of the economy
3: Absolutely. Yeah. The gig economy, I always joke and say it is the economy. You're talking about half of the U.S. workforce currently taking advantage of gig work. Uh, They earned almost one point five trillion dollars last year. And this is pre the pandemic, which we've seen only highlight essential work and gig work. I believe over the next 10 years, uh, this will be the dominant way that people work because of, you know, the flexibility of it all. Right. And the freedom of it. Uh, millennials are the largest generation in today's workforce gen z's entering the workforce and people just fundamentally want to work when they want to work how they want to work where they want to work
0: so you don't see this as an oversaturated market the opportunities are still there and will continue to grow
3: yeah when you think about it a lot of work needs to get done and there's a lot of new ways of working right and so Technology has made work more accessible, so people can now push a button and do work or get work done for them. So we're actually growing the pie of how much work needs to be done, and and the gig economy is filling those gaps.
0: And fair to say that the opportunities will probably only grow as more legacy employers warm up to the idea of basically hiring freelancers or gig workers, as they're called now.
3: Absolutely. And like I say, COVID-19 has really helped people open their eyes to remote work, alternative work, modern workforces, freelancers, etc. So yeah, it's going to grow even more uh, over time.
0: So having said all that, what are the biggest financial challenges for those in the gig workforce?
3: Yeah, what we found is in a lot of these industries, people are unbanked or underbanked, right? Sometimes 40% of particular sectors uh, don't have access to the basic banking needs uh, that they deserve, right? And so now it makes it difficult for them to get, uh, get their money. And then that forces them to do things like go to payday loan spots and check cashing services and pawn shops. And those things are excessively expensive and sometimes predatory. So it's a ripple effect when you don't have a bank account. It seems to cost you more to manage your finances uh, than if you do have a bank account. And so people really need help getting access to modern banking, uh, which is you know something we're super excited to be working with GoToBank on.
0: So I was going to ask, what advice would you have? What do you tell those who are struggling Uh, in this way, especially those, and again, this goes beyond just the gig economy, but for especially for those who are, you know, finding that this is the way they are making their income, at least for now, and maybe moving forward?
3: So we partner with GoToBank because, listen, there's over 100 million Americans living paycheck to paycheck in and out of the gig economy, right? Um, and, And people need to be able to take advantage of, You know, modern banking tools. Um, And so the number one thing you can do is set up a digital bank account like GoToBank. And once you do that, uh, setting up direct deposit becomes extremely powerful for improving your financial situation. Here's why if you've got a digital bank account with direct deposit, now you have access to early wage earnings, you have access to overdraft protection, you can start building your credit. And even establishing savings, right? And this gives you that financial foundation you need to really come out positive uh, from a financial perspective. And so going digital and setting up direct deposit really will open up your world.
0: I want to throw out a couple of numbers uh, at you here and, and have you respond. One of the primary things, as a matter of fact, nearly half of all of those unbanked households say that the reason they don't have a bank account is because they don't have enough money uh, to meet the minimum balance requirements.
3: Right. These traditional banks have really been set up and established without certain groups of people in mind. And this certain group happens to be tens of millions of people that are unbanked or underbanked Um, with products, you know, modern digital products that don't have legacy infrastructure, buildings, uh, real estate all over the country, you don't need to charge people uh, abnormal fees for no reason. So modern digital bank accounts are able to be set up a lot less expensively so that people can get access to them a lot less expensively. And so uh, that's the good thing about products like GoToBank. It's easy. You go, you sign up um, and you get access uh, to your money when you need it.
0: Let me ask you this, and this may be uh, the more difficult question. Fully one-third of those unbanked households say the reason they don't have a bank account is because they just don't trust banks. How do you overcome that anti-bank bias? And I wonder uh, if they don't trust the physical banks that have been around for you know decades, even hundreds of years, uh, this is something... Uh, you know, digital banking products uh, are even newer. And I would imagine that there is some level of anti-bank bias that creeps into that as well.
3: Yeah, no, I think that's a great question. So why don't they trust these banks, right? Well, if you think about it, it's those physical banks that have been around for 100 years that have taken advantage of them, charged them crazy fees, charged them set up fees, overdraft fees, hasn't accepted them, closed their bank accounts, So, you know, that's a real reason not to trust people, you know, an institution. But when you think about millennials being the largest generation in the workforce and Gen Z entering the workforce, you know, we've all grew up with technology, right? And one thing we do trust is technology. And so when you think about a digital banking platform that's now not charging you fees and leveraging technology right at your fingertips and in the palm of your hand, uh, I, I think the, the trust factor is, is there, you look at the stimulus, right? People haven't had access to, easy access to the stimulus. Green Dot, Go-To bank they advanced $3 billion, over $3 billion to people early, right? That's a great way to build trust. And uh, I, I think the trend is definitely going to continue to move in a digital direction.
0: Final question. Let me ask you this again. We're talking about the growth in the gig economy. It's something that predates the pandemic, but has certainly accelerated over the course of the past year. What would you say, what uh, single piece of advice, best piece of advice, first thing that people should do if they are considering uh, entering this segment of the workforce, either full-time or part-time?
3: You know, listen, I think any choice you make to enter the gig economy is going to be a good one. So I'm going to tell you to jump in head first. It's going to meet you where you are. To your point, if you've got a full-time job or you're you know not employed, there's some gig work for you to do. Try your hands at many different things and see what you like. But the cool thing about it is there's a lot of options for you. And the gig economy will be there with our handout waiting for you to come do some work and make some money. Uh,
0: A lot of options and probably even more to come in the future. Uh, Craig Lewis, again, founder and CEO of GigWage, focused on uh, bringing better financial tools to the gig workforce. Craig, where do we get more information?
3: Yeah, so on the on the gig economy side, you can go to gigwage.com and for, you know, modern mobile banking, it's go2bank.com, go to G-O, bankcom o the number 2 bank.com.
0: Craig, thanks very much for your insight. We appreciate it.
3: Thank you, Chris.
0: Well, while millions of Americans got their economic stimulus payments almost immediately after passage of the latest virus relief bill, millions more are still waiting, including many lower-income individuals and retirees who may actually be excluded because they have not filed... Uh, tax returns, and uh, that is you know where they get the data, the database they work from. So, in order to help those individuals get their money, uh, Mastercard, Liberty Tax, and Walmart teaming up to uh, help by in- enabling direct payments through prepaid cardholder accounts. Um, and uh, financial expert and best-selling author Patrice Washington is with us. Patrice, first of all, give us the details on uh, how this program uh, works and what it's all about.
4: Well, Chris, you said it correctly. There are millions of Americans who are eligible um, for the $1,400 stimulus payment who aren't getting it because they don't have a digital means of receiving their payment, and this is leaving billions of dollars unclaimed. And you know, like I know, there's been collective hardship, right, over this last year. And more Americans now than ever really need to get their hands on these funds, and it's just not happening. And so to help those without a digital means, in particular, of receiving their stimulus check. MasterCard has teamed up, like you said, with Liberty Tax and Walmart to offer direct deposits of stimulus payments through these prepaid cardholder accounts.
0: So how does this work? What is involved for those individuals in signing up for this?
4: Yeah, it's really simple, Chris. So there's two cards. There's the Walmart money card and the NetSpend Liberty Tax prepaid MasterCard. First of all, as you said, many people are not getting their stimulus Uh, Checks because they have not filed their taxes. So if you're listening and you know that's you, I need you to lean in. Qualifying new customers who use Liberty Taxes services to file their tax returns will receive 30% off their tax prep plus a $15 bonus. If you select the NetSpend Liberty Tax prepaid MasterCard for the disbursement of the tax refund, you can receive an additional $15 off. So we're not just talking about the stimulus payment. These are special sign-up bonuses for you to Um, you know, file those taxes and Mm -hmm. get the money you deserve. All you have to do is make a tax appointment at libertytax.com File your tax return with Liberty Tax. Get your card and receive your funds. Okay, uh, now, Chris. I know some people I, are going.
0: Just, just to really quickly interject, there we're we're talking about those who have not filed because they are not required to file. If you have not filed uh, this year, especially in previous years, uh, because you you just haven't filed and you owe and, and you've been avoiding it, that's a whole different story, and you've got bigger problems. So this can
4: be true. That can. So be I just want to make there sure that definitely...
0: just want to make sure that we qualify that little bit with the you know, because there are like we said, a lot of retirees, a lot of low income people who just aren't required to file and that's who we're really talking to here.
4: Right. And you weren't required to file, but the only way as you stated earlier that the IRS can get the data to see if you're eligible. Um, and to make sure they have the proper payment information for is, you is yes, for you a tax file.
0: return. Yeah. So
4: yeah. And and also remember that if you file for 2020, and you haven't filed in the last couple years, you may be due the recovery rebate credit. So we're not just talking about this $1,400 stimulus payment, you may be due the full or partial Uh, stimulus payments from the first and second round as well. Exactly. Okay.
0: So so go on. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt there. I just want to make sure we clarify that.
4: No, I totally, I appreciate that, Chris. Now, for folks who are like, well, I filed and where's my money? <laughs> like, where's my check? I haven't received anything. I've been waiting and waiting. And this could be from the first couple stimulus payments. You don't know why you've been excluded. It could be that the government doesn't have the the best uh, payment information for you. And so paper checks, as you can imagine, going back and forth and USPS, you know, and the United States Postal Service getting lost somehow, that is not helpful when you really need your funds. And so when you purchase a new Walmart money card, you can register it online and you'll receive $10 after you deposit your stimulus payment. So you would still have to go back to the irs.gov website and put in, hey, I have a new way. I have a digital means of receiving my stimulus funds. Can you send it here? Right? That is a way to get it more quickly and more securely. And if you decide to direct deposit your payroll or government benefit payment of $500 or more, you can actually get another $20 bonus. For using the walmart
0: money card now i, I know this has uh, become increasingly popular in recent years in fact some of the earlier stimulus payments were actually made via debit cards that were uh, sent a uh, prepaid debit cards that were sent out uh to uh, taxpayers uh what is the what is the benefit here uh over uh say having it de- direct deposited into a traditional bank account or i mean the the timeliness issue is the preference uh, over a paper check but why a prepaid debit card over just putting it into a regular bank account
4: well the first reason chris is that everyone doesn't have a bank account and so i think we take for granted sometimes that millions of americans are actually unbanked and they're depending on receiving that check or they're depending on receiving the debit card from the government but even those those um debit cards that came from the government people some people didn't know what that what it was right They were throwing them away accidentally. They were thinking that, oh, this is just junk mail. And so that is what contributed to billions of dollars being unclaimed. Mm -hmm. Versus if you direct the government to say, hey, this is the card that I want you to direct deposit my funds in. Now you have it in your possession already securely, safely, and you're not taking your chances with it maybe getting to you, maybe not in the mail
0: so uh so those are some of the uh, benefits and obviously much more timely especially for those uh, low-income retirees those who are unbanked uh these are the individuals that we're speaking to specifically this morning through this program and again uh explain how uh, folks sign up the the process to get the ball rolling on this
4: well i would say start at mastercard.com forward slash stimulus it's a very easy page to navigate. That's MasterCard.com forward slash stimulus. And you can determine what path you need to go on. Do you need to go ahead and file those last few years of tax returns? It'll give you the one, two, three steps to do that. Or do you need to direct the government to put your stimulus payments on a specific card that you have in your possession and that you control? It'll also give you the steps to do that.
0: Okay. Uh, a, a very important uh, program uh, for because time is of the essence. We want to get this uh, money into the hands of those who need it as quickly as possible. That's the goal. Uh, again, uh, best selling author and financial expert Patrice Washington talking about this uh, uh, program to get those stimulus funds into folks' hands from MasterCard, Liberty Tax, and Walmart. We'll have the link up at our webpage as well. Patrice, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it.
4: Thanks so much, Chris.
0: Here comes Peter Cottontail, and every time a holiday rolls around, I always have food safety reminders because so many of our holidays uh, involve big meals. But for Easter particularly, there are some specific food safety reminders regarding your Easter eggs and your Easter ham to make you aware of. USDA contributor Gary Crawford has more in today's Everyday Agriculture Report.
5: Yes, bunnies are bountiful this time of year, but for this report, it's eggs and egg safety. We've got with us Meredith Carruthers, a food safety expert, dispenser of food safety knowledge at the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Meat and Poultry Hotline. Now, we know, Meredith, at uh, the hotline around Thanksgiving, you get mostly calls about turkeys and that sort of thing. But at this time of year, we're starting to delve more into the egg world. And, of course, at this time of year, many families are planning on following that age-old tradition of coloring or decorating eggs, maybe having a little family Easter egg hunt. But you've got some words of caution about that if we intend to eat those eggs later on. It's got to do with controlling bacteria that can be on or in those eggs. So first, Meredith, you want us to wash our hands before we start the coloring or dyeing process on those eggs. Why is that? because eggs can technically have salmonella on the shell, not just inside the egg. And it could end up on our hands when we're working with those eggs, or vice versa, already be on our hands and then be put back onto the eggs from us. So I guess we need to wash hands before and after uh, decorating those eggs. Yep, before and after. Okay, so after cooking those eggs, you'd think, though, they'd be totally devoid of any harmful bacteria and that the shell would keep the bacteria out of the egg, but wrong. (laughs) You say it's still vulnerable to bacteria. Why is that?
6: The shell itself is actually very porous
5: things can pass through it. And you've told us before, bacteria can multiply to sickening levels within just a couple of hours at room temperature. So those eggs should go immediately into the fridge. And if they have been out for more than a couple of hours, we should not try to eat those eggs, which brings us to the traditional egg hunt. What about that?
6: Oftentimes you're putting them outside. There's different bacteria and things that are present outdoors. So just not knowing what they potentially have touched or come
5: in contact with, it's better just to not eat them. This time of year is when they get a lot of calls dealing with questions about eggs and ham. A lot of people, in addition to doing
6: egg hunts and having things like deviled eggs for their Easter celebrations, will also have
5: ham. So we get a lot of calls about ham. One of the most common misconceptions about ham is that if it says cured, then we don't have to refrigerate it. (laughs) Wrong.
6: Curing is more of a flavoring process. And so a lot of the hams are cured, but they're not considered shelf stable. You would Still want to keep them in the refrigerator. So, really, just what we recommend to people is to follow the instructions on the package. If you buy it refrigerated, it means it has to stay refrigerated usually. And then if it's bought not refrigerated, like it's shelf stable. You just want to pay attention to that package to see if it says, you know,
5: refrigerate after
6: opening or anything like that.
5: Now, most hams we see at the store are fully cooked and can be eaten right out of the wrapping. However, there are some hams that are not fully cooked, so it's very important to read the labels and instructions on any ham that we buy. Also, Meredith says once we open that ham up, then... Uh huh. The clock is ticking, and we need to get that ham into the fridge within a couple of hours, or bacteria in or on it can multiply and can make us sick. Meredith says they get a lot of hotline calls about how long that ham or its leftovers can safely stay in the fridge. Any leftovers, any cooked leftovers, or when you open that ham, really should be used within about four days. And then, if not, you should go ahead and freeze them. Which brings us to another question that comes up on the hotline a lot: Can we freeze that ham at all? It seems to be connected to the fact that, unlike turkeys and such, we. We don't usually buy ham in the frozen state, but according to Meredith, you can definitely freeze hams. You can even buy a whole ham and keep it in the freezer till Thanksgiving. It would be perfectly safe. But, she says, depending on the ham and how it's packaged, there might be some quality changes as time goes by. If you have questions about any food safety or preparation topic, call the Meat and Poultry Hotline, 1-888-MP Hotline, 1-888-MP Hotline, or for live chat, go online to ask.usda.gov. Gary Crawford reporting for the US Department of Agriculture.
0: And we have that link up at our webpage goodmornings.net some uh, really good advice particularly interesting uh, with respect to freezing ham never really thought about that but you can indeed do it and eating those easter eggs after you've done your easter egg hunt not a good idea. I remember uh when when I was a kid we stopped eating the easter egg uh stopped eating the eggs after the easter egg hunt we discovered that probably wasn't a good idea the one year that we found more eggs than were hidden <laughs> probably not a good idea to uh, to eat those eggs because we didn't know exactly which 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 one was the offending egg
1: We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. We
0: have in the broken news this morning a number of uh, funny animal stories, which is kind of interesting. And uh, also coming up here in uh, just a moment, the story of what is quite possibly the dumbest mobster ever uh, in, in all of world history. Uh, That is coming up. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veteran Services. First, the animal stories. Um, (laughs) Family in Chicago, sitting on their front porch uh, in the uh, suburb of Avondale, uh, noticed something odd at the uh, building across the street. There was an Amazon package that had just been delivered sitting on the doorstep. And lo and behold, a porch pirate comes up and swipes it. Not a human, mind you, a squirrel. <laughs> so they're sitting there and they, they're they watching as this squirrel approaches the package that had just been delivered. Uh, and they caught all of this on video, by the way. Uh, the squirrel grabs the package and takes it up to the roof of the building. <laughs> they... they uh, I, It's very unusual, but the uh, couple posted this to social media with a comment. Now I think we know what happened to that food that went missing from our porch a few (laughs) weeks back. (laughs) Apparently, it's a serial porch pirate squirrel. Mm -hmm. In England, Michael Hubank uh, decided to check out his neighbor's real estate listing. Uh, One of the real estate websites, his neighbor was putting his house up for sale. And so he was kind of curious as to what they were selling it for, um, and he hadn't seen the inside of the house, so he was curious as to you know, what work they had done to it. So he's uh, perusing the listing online for his neighbor's house when he comes across one photo of the uh, master bedroom in the, in the neighbor's house when he noticed a cat on the bed in one of the listing photos. Upon closer inspection, he noticed it was his cat <laughs> laying on his neighbor's bed. <laughs> he shared his discovery on Twitter, and uh, people went uh, went crazy for this cat living a double life. Uh, Mr. Uh, Hubank said on Twitter, I was gobsmacked how comfortable the cat cat looked. Uh, his uh, post went, uh, went viral. The uh, cat living a double life just... Hanging out. I was wondering where my cat went for hours on end. He was hanging out at the neighbor's house. (laughs) Bears apparently like theme parks, at least uh, this one, at uh, Anakista Theme Park in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. They have a skywalk. It is billed as the longest tree-based skywalk in North America. It's like a suspended uh, wooden bridge uh, in the uh, treetops. And uh, it has more than a mile of walkway suspended between and 60 feet in the air. Uh, the other day, they came across a video, one of the security videos, they got a camera of this, of a bear taking a leisurely stroll across the treetop skywalk. Uh, what is crazy is that the park was open and operational during the bear's visit But they did point out that very few guests were in attendance that day. The staff first to notice the bear on the bridges made sure to closely monitor its behavior until it left the park. I would hope so. And no humans interacted with or were injured by the bear. I will scratch that off my list of things to do. Next time in Gatlinburg, because I mean it's a mile—it's a mile long. This walkway and fifty, sixty feet above the the air. You do not want to encounter. You don't want to be walking one direction on the Skywalk and have a bear coming at you the other direction. Because what do you do? You can't. There's no place to go. It's crazy. <clears throat> Another squirrel story. This one in Mackinac Island, uh, Michigan. Apparently. A squirrel accidentally got trapped overnight inside of one of the oldest churches on the island, did some serious damage. The critter broke apart a figure of Jesus on an antique crucifix, also set the cross crashing to the floor. The damage was discovered over the winter by the church's administrative assistant, who says she initially thought that vandals broke in after spotting plants that were tipped over and candles knocked down. But the church's maintenance engineer spotted the furry intruder and quickly chased it back outside. They suspect the squirrel had gotten in through a door that someone had left open and then found itself trapped inside overnight. (laughs) Um, And then a couple of uh, more conventional stories here in the uh, broken news this morning. Because we always have to have something out of Florida. One mom in Brevard County, Florida, is in custody after she reportedly was drunkenly speeding through the streets of the county to get to a grocery store. She had a good excuse, though. She thought she had left her infant at the store. (laughs) Jessica Lynn Lawton was clocked doing 70 miles an hour in a 35 mile an hour zone on Saturday as she was heading for the local Publix grocery store in Titusville. An unmarked police car followed her uh, to the store's parking lot when she finally got out of the car she uh, screamed to police, where's my baby? The arrest report says she eventually mentioned, uh, she, they eventually figured out that the child was at home the whole time. <laughs> she thought she had uh, left her child at the grocery store. Mom of the year, right there. At least she went back to get her child when she thought she had forgotten. Her anyway. And finally, in the uh, broken news this morning, this story Of what is quite possibly the dumbest mobster ever. Italian police say a mafia fugitive was caught. After appearing in YouTube cooking videos. Marc Feren Claude Biart went on the run in 2017. After being accused of drug trafficking. For uh, one of the mafia families. I don't know which one. Authorities say he lived a quiet life. In the Dominican Republic until he started making cooking videos with his wife (laughs) he did try to hide his face and he thought he was good but apparently he was able to be identified by his distinctive tattoos (laughs) interpol uh escorted mr biart back to milan where he was taken into custody Uh, They say, if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. So, there you go. If you are a fugitive on the run, why are you posting YouTube videos, cooking videos, of all things? There you go. That is uh, today's Broken News Report. uh, Brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming.
1: Your home for Cleveland Indians baseball is WFIN.
0: Swing and a line
1: drive. Deep right field. Back goes Judge. And is gone! Right into the front row. And Roberto Perez has his 20th home run. The Indians open the season Thursday afternoon at Detroit. Pre-game at 1235.
0: Indians baseball on 1330. WFIN and 95.5 FM. Time now for your daily download numbers behind the news, the statistics that shape our lives. In a poll out yesterday from Gallup, uh, in conjunction with the Christian observance of Holy Week this week and the Jewish celebration of Passover, uh, less than half of Americans, this is a new poll released yesterday, less than half of Americans belong to a church, synagogue, or mosque for the first time in our history. Uh 47% said that they had a church affiliation. That was and this is uh something that's been building for decades, the steady decline of church attendance. Uh it was a 50-50 split in 2018. This is the first time in the eight decades that they have done this uh survey that the majority of Americans did not have an affiliation. With a house of worship. When Gallup first polled the question back in 1937, 73% of Americans were members of a church, synagogue, or mosque. And that number stayed fairly level for six decades until it started to fall in the early 21st century. Now, there is a strong association with age 66% of those born before 1946 say that they belong to a house of worship, 56% of baby boomers, 50% of Gen Xers, and 36% of millennials said the same. So you can see with age the numbers go down. Gallup said it had limited data on Generation Z, but their numbers seem to be similar of those millennials uh, at about 36%. So I guess maybe it's flattening out. The curve is flattening out a little bit, but it's flattening out at a very low number. The decline has come. The growing number of Americans say they are not affiliated with a religion. It's interesting because the majority of Americans still say that they are, describe themselves as religious, but declining numbers are actual members of a church. For the first time in American history, number below 50% overall. Well, spring has sprung, and it is time to break out of hibernation and get outside again. Lots of things happening in the parks, the month of April... Michelle Rumschlag of the Hancock Park District is with us in the studio this morning, and I want to get to all of that, but first, you have a bone to pick with uh, John Marshall in the uh, in the news. Uh, we, were at, we were talking about this before we went on the yes. air, and you mentioned the uh, story that we had in the uh, news about the, like, oldest— Seagull. This was the story. The oldest seagull ever right. in the world, and it was uh, discovered what up uh, in
2: Cleveland. Yes, Cleveland. it was a ring-billed gull. He saw the marking from like nineteen ninety-nine.
0: 19- not a seagull.
2: Seagulls are not real. No, they're gulls.
0: They're and, just gulls. And, and
2: John Marshall was like, and I know John Marshall. I'm like, I'm like John. I'm to listen to the radio. I'm like, well, oh. what do you
0: expect? He's a part time. You know, he's not the regular news guy. So you know how these part timers are. There. No,
2: and and that's one that everybody's like, what? It's, so there's not.
0: so seagulls don't exist no and I don't know who started it no they don't they don't not exist like unicorns don't exist (laughs) I mean they're gulls we just call them seagulls and that's not the proper name
2: that's not the proper name right so in the story I think it was a ring-billed gull we have herring gulls those are probably when you're looking out and seeing a gull probably the two most common we have in Hancock County, and that's what you're probably seeing. Mm-hmm. There's many different kinds, but there's not a seagull. So don't look online to, to say, oh, I got a fact checker, because there'll be online. <laughs> but you get out, you know, a, a Peterson's Field Guide or a bird book, and, and there's not. There's just Seagulls skull. No,
0: is Seagulls is a colloquial term. That's a slang term that is not real. Right, right. Yeah. So they're gulls. So it's they're just, just goals. a straight
2: up gull. They're
0: just gulls. They're just gulls. Okay. They're not... We stand corrected. They're that.
2: not seagulls. Right. And I so, don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You know what? There
0: also aren't seahawks. In Seattle, they have the seahawks, but there's no such bird.
2: Correct. There would be. Right. Now. Right. And that's also it's like a made up there's bird? like a sparrow. It's a, made up word? a sparrow hawk is a kestrel. That would have been an old slang. Okay. So there's different like a. Any
0: other birds that you want to bird things you want to get off your chest <laughs> while you're here? <laughs> well, right there we talking right. They're turkey vultures.
2: He called them buzzards. Now, a buzzard is we, a real bird.
0: But, but we don't have them here. We don't have them they're here. They're not buzzards.
2: They're not buzzards. They're, okay. they're turkey What vultures. are the differences? It's, oh, you're putting me on the spot. I don't know, but buzzards live over out. I mean, they're in Europe and Asia. <laughs> well, and how do we so know that you're right? Many, <laughs> <laughs> many I'm many just years. giving you a hard time.
0: I'm just giving you a hard time. No, so.
2: They're, they are different. They are different. Yes. But so they are different no types seagull. of birds.
0: By the way, with the gulls. Yes. That are not seagulls. Correct. What, what is the normal lifespan of a gull? Like the the oldest one that they found in Cleveland was like tagged in 1992, I think they said. A 91, 92.
2: So that's about 30 years
0: yeah. ago. So. I'm that not is an extraordinarily sure. long time. For most birds, yes. Ex- but, except for the
2: older ones, you can see it. But the, like
0: a parrot can live for like 60, 70, 80 years. So what is the normal right. lifespan? I'm
2: not it? sure. Uh, off the top of my head, I don't know. So okay. for most birds, if they're a little bit bigger, then they have a better chance. So, you know, an owl would live longer. Owls can live to be 10, 20. They, they're longer to say something than like a sparrow because more things can eat it. Eat so the bigger it is, <laughs> yeah. right. So...
0: Right. But then I
2: mean that would be a guess, but I'm not sure I'm not for sure on that. But I would say they're they're kind of probably middle of the road, you know, comparative to things that can live longer than To be fair,
0: in in John's defense, in in you know, everybody's defense who says seagull, there are perhaps thousands of species that have yet to be discovered (laughs) and named. So there may be seagulls out there. We just don't know about them yet.
2: It's what you so name them, yes. So, well, and people so name them, though. So you could find your leave own... open that possibility. You could find your own new species of gull <laughs> and then name
0: it... Name it a seagull. A seagull. And there we go. That would solve everything. And
2: I would stand correct.
0: What's going on in the uh, month of uh, <laughs> April at the uh, Moving Right Along? Uh, what's no. going, I think we've covered this topic enough. Um, what's going on in the month of uh, April.
2: Nothing really yet, because we're still we're still in red. We're just, oh my yeah. gosh. We're waiting on orange. Um, we're doing some virtual things. Mm-hmm. So we we are going to have an upcoming uh, carving program again. So those of you that like the one we did over the winter, that will be coming out here shortly, and it'll be a bluebird okay. that you can carve. So we're just trying to get our... Um, materials around and our kits around so that will be happening here in april um i'm going to be doing a talk on backyard weeds that will be coming out in april so we're trying to move some things virtually because we've been planning our our programs this whole time going yep we're going to be in person and we're all open yeah and then we kind of tweak it and pull things back so once we go orange and then we can do our small groups, in person, our story times, planetarium, okay. and some outside things. But while we're in this red, I mean, it's been, and, you know, but I mean, you can go to the parks. Like I said, the parks have been open this whole time. Right. You can get out and hike.
0: And very popular. Yes. It's a you great know, way to get outside and Birds migrating and,
2: through. The yeah. warblers are starting to come through. They're starting to get, I haven't been out lately to see wildflowers, but they should start coming here. The gulls are out. The gulls are out. <laughs> and the vultures are out. <laughs> Um, so we're just, you know, we have things planned and once we can go orange, again, get on the website because then we'll be able to put some
0: spring things and then summer camp stuff too. In the the meantime, I know last month we were talking, you were actually signing uh, folks up or you had stuff that was uh, up there, you know, pending, uh, uh, pending going, uh, orange and... We don't, you, so right don't no, we don't have anything right now. No, we don't. Once we so went red big.
2: back in what November, okay. we kind of stopped advertising things because we didn't know when we were going to go right. orange. Okay, I'm not surprised we're still. You know, we haven't yet here in March. Okay, I'm I'm hoping here the next couple of weeks. So rather than signing people up and then going, hey, we're not we we're can't not orange it. yet. Okay. It, right. So and once once we turn, we'll we'll put things on. You on our mentioned calendar.
0: you mentioned summer camp. Um, yes. What is the uh, Everything is on hold there, everything, too? Everything is okay. on hold,
2: right. So right. we are planning to do it this year
0: because okay.
2: last year we, we had things planned and then we canceled because everything was still kind of new sure. of how can we do everything with right. social distancing and small groups. So we know we can have it as long as we turn turn orange. Turn we orange. Can, That's we can, what
0: everybody is waiting for. Right, because yeah. it seems
2: like once you hit that, we you know, as our indicators go up, we we should probably. But end up you saying are that.
0: but you are ready. I mean, assuming that that happens sometime in April. I mean, cross our fingers. Right. You're ready to go, and as yes. soon as that happens, I've I've will been posted. watching.
2: Like maybe most people, I don't listen when the governor talks. I just don't listen to his things. But I'm watching at two o'clock to see that map change colors. Mm-hmm. Two thirty, and that day it turns orange. I'm gonna be putting things online, and I mean things okay. will be on there. Right away, just because we want to get things out to people.
0: Along those same lines, what about uh, facility reservations and so on, shelter houses and things like that.
2: We're still on pause with that. Okay. We're going to be reassessing things in June. Okay. So some of them um, are not open, but there's some that are. Mm-hmm. So like the one at Lutzenberg, there's some out at Riverbend. You can still use them. They're sure. first come first serve, which they've always been. Mm-hmm. But to call and reserve something that you want a graduation party, we're still not doing that. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to wait until June, see where things at or if things progress Okay. Um. You know, we, if we hit that, that, that's the next number I'm watching, that 50 per 100,000 when everything... Right. Just,
0: everybody is watching for that, yeah. And, and
2: for us, that means we can do open houses again. We mm-hmm. can do those things that we can't do even when we're orange because it's small groups and social distancing. We yeah. can't do that in the McKinnis house.
0: Can't do it just an open house where anybody right. and everybody can come, right? Right. So, so those
2: are two numbers we're so. watching. It's 75 to turn orange and then the next one. So... We're waiting like you're waiting, so, you know, and, okay. and I think everybody's, it's wait and see. That's that's, that's the last year, right, of what's <laughs> happening,
0: where our number's going. We should be used to it by now. But in yes. the meantime, uh, as you said, the parks are open. Mm-hmm. This is a great time to get out yep. and uh, enjoy the enjoy the parks, enjoy the spring weather. Yes,
2: so. yes, yep.
0: All right, very good. Again, uh, Michelle Rumschlag the Hancock Park District with a uh, little gull lesson with us uh, this morning. <laughs> And an update on uh, programming in the into the month of April. Michelle, thanks very much for dropping by. Right. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And that will put a wraps on our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage, goodmornings.net. That's where you can connect with us on social media as well. Contact us directly via email, sign up for our daily email newsletter, goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the show, the Findlay Hancock County Public Library is once again looking to expand their facility. Director Sarah Clevidence will join us to give more details about their proposal and their vision for the future. So until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.